Section 3 Khulasad Ukalam The following translation of the booklet Khulasad Ukalam by Yusuf Nebhani died Beirut in 1932-1305 May Hamd, praise Lord and thanks be to Allah Ta'ala. He blesses anyone he likes with Hidayat guidance to the right way and consequently to salvation, and leaves anyone he wishes in Dalalat, aberration, wrong way. With his justice he accepts the prayers of those who wish to be saved from Dalalat and attain eternal felicity. We pronounce benedictions over our master, Muhammad, alaihi salam, who is the highest of prophets and of all the selected people. May blessings and salutations be upon his Ali Bayat, close relatives, household, and upon all his Ashab, companions of Prophet Muhammad, alayhi salam, who shine on the earth like stars in the sky. This small booklet has few pages, yet it is rich with respect to the knowledge it contains. People of knowledge and wisdom will accept it if they read it without bias. Those who are blessed with the Hidayat of Allah Ta'ala with the right way will believe it outright. This booklet distinguishes the Sirat al-Mustakim, True Path, which is a blessing Allah Ta'ala has bestowed on Muslims from the way of Dalalat, wherein he has forsaken his enemies. I have named this booklet, Kulasat Ukalam Fiterji Din Islam which means a summary of the statements which will help choose the Islamic religion. O man who wishes to save himself from eternal torment and to attain infinite blessings, if you spend all your time pondering over this very important, very great truth, if you applied all your energies to find out the means for safeguarding yourself against endless torment, always and everywhere, if you cooperated with all other people and struggled to the best of your abilities as a human being to attain this goal, all these endeavours would be extremely insignificant when compared with the importance of this means. In fact, it would be similar to giving a grain of sand in return for all worldly treasures. The importance of this truth could not be explained through this writing of ours. This writing of ours is intended to give some clues to the wise. One sign will suffice for a wise person to realise the real purpose. I, therefore, will give a few clues to stimulate this contemplation. People form a liking to their settled tendencies. They do not want to cease from doing them. When they are born, for instance, used to sucking milk and hates to get weaned, as they grow, they become accustomed to their home, to their quarter, to their hometown. It becomes very difficult for them to part with them. Later on, they become inclined to their shop, to their profession, to their scientific branch, to their family, to their language and religion, and hates to part with them. Thus, various communities, tribes, nations come into being. Then a nation's love of their religion is not the result of a realization that their religion is the best of religions. 
a wise person should study his religion, compare it with other religions, find out what religion is the true one, and hold fast to it. For adherence to a wrong religion will drift one to eternal disasters and everlasting torments. Oh man, wake up from oblivion! If you say, how do I know what religion is the true one? I believe that the religion I am accustomed to is the true one. I love this religion. And you should know that religion means to obey the commandments and prohibitions which Allah has sent through prophets. These injunctions are men's duties to their Rab, Allah, and to one another. Of all the existing religions, which one gives the most helpful explanation of the Rab's attributes? worships, and the relations between creatures. Wisdom is a sense which distinguishes between good and bad. What is bad should be rejected, and what is good should be studied. Studying a religion means studying its beginning, its prophet, his ashab, companions, and ummah, followers, especially the notable ones. If you like them, choose that religion. Follow your mind, not your nafs. Your nafs will mislead you by infusing feelings of shame and fear into you pertaining to your family, your friends, and wicked and miscreant men of religion. The harm such people may give you is a mere nothing when compared with everlasting torment. A person who realizes this fact fully will choose the religion Islam. They will believe in Muhammad, alayhi salam, who is the last prophet. Besides, Islam enjoins a belief in all prophets. It teaches that their religions were true, that each new messenger invalidated the religion prior to him, and that by the same token the advent of Muhammad, alayhi salam, religion invalidated all the earlier religions. A person's realising that the religion he has been used to following is a wrong one, abandoning this religion and having Iman in Muhammad, alayhi salam, will be very difficult for his nafs to tolerate. For the nafs has been created in a nature inimical to Allahu Ta'ala, to Muhammad, alayhi salam, and to his religion. This inimical nature of the nafs is called Hamiyat ul-Jahiliyah, Mistaken zeal, fanaticism, bigotry. Parents, teachers, vicious friends, radio and television programs, statesmen in the wrong religion will support this bigoted feeling. Hence the saying, teaching the child is like inscribing on stone. For eliminating this bigotry, it is necessary to strive hard, to struggle against the nafs, and to convince the nafs through reason. If you read my following writings with attention, it will help you with this struggle of yours. Adapting oneself to a certain religion is for attaining eternal happiness and securing oneself against everlasting disasters. It is not for boasting about a religion which one has inherited from one's parents. And each prophet is a human being who possesses the qualifications of prophethood and conveys the injunctions of Allahu Ta'ala to his human creatures. One has to adapt oneself to a prophet who has these qualifications and enter his religion.
people who worship icons and idols called Veseni, and those who do not believe in any creator called Dehri. Also, atheists, Freemasons and communists are like beasts. Also, the Nazarene, Christian and Judaic religions have become obsolete for the following reasons. 1. In the Islamic religion, Allah has attributes of perfection. He does not have attributes of deficiency. The worships are easy to perform. Social relations are based on justice. Worships and social relations taught in the other religions, however, have changed in the course of time, so that they are no longer reasonable or practicable. 2. A comparative study of the lives of Muhammad, Isa, Jesus and Musa, Moses, will show that Muhammad is of the highest lineage, the noblest, the bravest, the most beneficent, the most knowledgeable, the wisest, the most superior and the most sagious in knowledge pertaining to this world and the next. On the other hand, he was Umi, unlettered. In other words, he had never read books nor learned anything from anybody. 3. The Mujizas, miracles worked by Allah through a prophet, through Muhammad, alayhi salam, were much more numerous than the total of those through the others. The Mujizas of the others are past and over. The number of Muhammad's alayhi salam Mujizas, on the other hand, especially the Mujizah of Quran al-Karim, have been continuing and will last till the end of the world. In the Karamats of his Ummah, Muslims, footnote, An extraordinary event which Allah creates through a person whom he loves is called a wonder or a miracle. When a miracle occurs through a prophet, it is called a mujiza. When it occurs through a wali, that is, a person loved by Allah, it is called a karamat. Please see our book, Proof of Prophethood. Especially those through the Auliwa, footnote, plural form of Wali, have been occurring continually and everywhere. 4. Among the reports communicating these three religions to us, those which are conveyed through Quran al-Karim and Hadith Sharifs are more numerous and more dependable. All of them have been committed to books and spread throughout the world. Muhammad was 40 years old when he was informed that he was the Prophet, and he was 63 years old when he passed away. His prophethood lasted for 23 years. He passed away after the entire Arabic peninsula had obeyed him, after his religion had spread and had been learned everywhere, after his call had been heard in the East and in the West and after the number of his ashab had reached 150,000. He performed his farewell hajj together with his 120,000 sahaba, passed away 80 days after this. The third ayat al-Karima of Surah Maida, which purports, Today I have completed your religion and consummated my blessing on you, and I am pleased that Islam is your religion, was revealed during this Hajj. 
all these Sahaba were faithful and true. Most of them were profoundly learned in Islam and were awliya. They spread Rasulullah's religion and Majizas over the earth, for they travelled to other countries for jihad. Wherever they went, they conveyed the religious teachings and mujizas to men of knowledge living there. And these people, in their turn, taught others. Thus, scholars living in each century taught many other scholars belonging to the next generations. These scholars wrote these teachings in thousands of books and also wrote the names of those people who conveyed these teachings. They classified the Hadith Sharifs they learned in a number of categories gave them such terms as sahih, sound, hasan, good, and so on. They did not let false statements fabricated by liars and Jews in the name of hadiths enter their books. They were very stringent, extremely sensitive in this respect. Owing to their stringent efforts, the Islamic religion was established on very solid foundations and spread without any change. None of the other religions spread in such a healthy way. The mujizars of our beloved Prophet Muhammad, alaihi salam, substantially proves that he is the true Prophet. Islam's fundamental and essential teachings, existence and unity of Allahu Ta'ala, his attributes of perfection, prophethood of Muhammad, alaihi salam, that he was faithful and dependable and the highest of all Prophets. The people will rise again after death and will be called to account. The bridge of Sirat, blessings of paradise, torments in hell, that it is fard, a clear Islamic commandment to perform the prayer called Salat five times daily. The fard, obligatory parts of early and late afternoon and night prayers, have four rakats each. But the fard part of morning prayer contains two rakats and that of evening prayer contains three rakats. That it is fard to begin fasting when the new moon for the month of Ramadan is seen in the sky and to celebrate the Bairam feast, called Futur, when the new moon for the month of Shawal is seen. That it is fard to perform the worship called Hajj once in one's lifetime. That it is haram, forbidden for women and girls to go out without covering their heads, their hair, for everyone, men and women alike, to practice pedestry, to commit fornication, to drink wine or even a drop of any hard drink which would intoxicate in case it were taken in large amounts. For a person who is junub, religiously unclean, needing a ritual washing, and for a menstruating woman to perform salat, to perform salat without a ritual ablution, and all the other essential religious teachings were conveyed correctly to all Muslims, educated and ignorant ones alike, and eventually to us without any changes having been made in them. This fact is known by reasonable Christians and Jews as well. These people acknowledge that the means by which they learned their own religion do not have equally dependable authenticity. Because Muhammad's time is closer to ours, and because the number of scholars who conveyed the Islamic religion to us is enormous, it has not been possible to insert superstitions into Islam. Christianity and Judaism do not possess these two blessings. 
there is a space of about 600 years, according to historians, between the Bithat, appearing of Isa, alayhi salam, and that of Muhammad, alayhi salam. For they say that there are 621 years between Isa's, alayhi salam, birth and Muhammad's, alayhi salam, hijra, migration from Mecca to Medina. On the other hand, this space of time is 1,000 years according to Islamic scholars. During this space of time, ignorance was widespread all over the earth. It was therefore very difficult to distinguish between true reports and false ones. Isa's alayhi salam call did not last long. Allahu ta'ala raised him to heaven when he was 33 years old. During this short time, he was weak and defenseless against unbelievers. The conditions were not convenient enough for him to carry out successfully the duty which his Rab had assigned to him. The Times Jewish community and their government were an additional impediment. Nor did he have any supporters except those few people called Hawaris, apostles. His only believers were these twelve apostles who were hunters by trade. After his ascension to heaven, footnote, Contrary to the Christian belief which theorizes that Isa alayhi salam was crucified and then ascended to heaven, Islam teaches that this exalted prophet was not crucified and that Allahu ta'ala raised him alive up to heaven. Please see our book, Could Not Answer. Various reports and narrations were compiled in four books called the Injil, which being transferred from one incompetent hand to another and being translated from one language to another, underwent various interpolations. Much of the information contained in these Gospels, therefore, is contradictory with one another and illogical. In fact, reports given in one of them confute and belie those written in another. The same case applies to different versions of the same Gospel. To eliminate these differences and contradictions, priests had to convene in every century and correct the existing Gospels, thus making additions and excisions, and meanwhile inserting absurdities that have nothing to do with religion. They forced people to believe these books. Most of the statements in these books do not belong to Isa, alayhi salam, or to his apostles. As a result, they parted into various groups. New sects appeared in every century. Most of them dissented from earlier ones, and they all know that the Gospels they have now are not the holy book teaching the religion revealed to Isa, alayhi salam. So are the Judaic books narrating the religion and the mujizahs of Musa, alayhi salam. The space of time here is longer. Musa, alayhi salam, passed away 2,348 years before Muhammad alayhi salam hijrat. During the long time of ignorance between them, it was possible to convey the Judaic religion correctly. In addition, Jewish men of religion were killed by cruel tyrants like Nebuchadnezzar, and others were taken as captives and transported from the Bayt Ummakadas to Babylon. In fact, there were times when Jerusalem did not contain one single person educated well enough to read the Torah. Daniel, 
Alayhi Salam knew the Torah by heart, so that he would recite and dictate it. This served to delay its being interpolated only till after this blessed Prophet's death. As a matter of fact, the additions made after him were far too amoral to be attributed to Allahu Ta'ala or to Prophets. That ignorance did not become widespread after the time of Muhammad, alayhi salam, is known by all peoples. In fact, knowledge became a widespread common attribute among all Muslims. Great Islamic states were established and they spread knowledge, science, justice and human rights everywhere. Now, if a wise and reasonable person examines these three religions, he will definitely adapt himself to Islam. But the purpose is to find the true religion. Lying and slandering a haram in Islam. Ayat al-Karimahs and Hadith Charis vehemently prohibit these two vices. When it is a grave sin to slander an ordinary person, it is much worse, far more haram to slander the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. For this reason, there cannot be any lies, any errors in books telling about Muhammad, alayhi salam, and his mujizas. A wise person should overcome their stubbornness, abandon the religion that will lead to perdition, and adapt themselves to the true religion which will guide them to happiness. Life in this world is very short. Its days are passing by and turning into mere visions one by one. Every human being will end in death where after there is either eternal torment or an everlasting life of blessings. And their time is approaching everybody with great speed. O oh man, have mercy on yourself. Remove the curtain of oblivion from your mind. See what is wrong as wrong and try to get rid of it. See what is right as right and adapt yourself to it. Hold fast to it. The decision you will make is very great, very important, and the time is very short. You will certainly die. Think of the time when you will die. Prepare yourself for what you are going to experience. You will not escape everlasting torment unless you adapt yourself to Huck. Truth, right and reality, one of Allah Ta'ala's names is Al-Huck. Repenting when it is too late will be useless. Confirming the truth as the last breath will not be accepted. Making Torbah, repenting after death, will not be valid. That day, if Allah Ta'ala says, Oh, my human creation, I gave you the light of mind. I commanded you to use it for knowing me and for having belief in me in my Prophet Muhammad, Allahi Salam, and in the Islamic religion revealed through him. I am formed in the Torah and the Bible about the advent of this Prophet. I spread his name and religion in every country. You cannot say you did not hear about him. You worked day and night for worldly earnings, worldly pleasures. You never thought of what you were going to experience in the hereafter. In a state of unawareness, you fell into the talons of death. How will you answer? Oh man, think of what is going to happen to you. Come to your senses before your lifetime is over. 
people you have been seeing around you, you have been talking to, you have been sympathising with, you have been afraid of, died one by one. They do not exist now. They came and went by like fancies. Think well. What a horrible thought it is to burn in eternal fire. And how great a fortune it is to live in everlasting blessings. You have the choice now. Everybody will end up in one of these two extremes. Another alternative is impossible. It would be utter ignorance, insanity, not to consider this and to take precautions accordingly. May Allah bless us with all following reason. Amen. It is stated as follows in the book Karl Ustabt Firaddi Allah Dwail Protestanet. Alama Ramatullah Hindi states in his book Is Haul Haq. Footnote Ramatullah Hindi passed away in Mecca in 1889, 1306. Before the beginning of Islam, there were no original copies of the Torah or the Bible left anywhere. The existing ones today are history books made up of true and false reports. The Torah and the Bible mentioned in Quran al-Karim are not the existing books in the names of Torah and Bible. Of the teachings written in these books, the ones affirmed by Quran al-Karim are true, those which it rejects are false. We would not say true or false about those which are not mentioned in Quran al-Karim. There is no documentary evidence to prove that the four Gospels are the word of Allah Ta'ala. The British priest with whom I spoke with in India admitted this fact and said that all the documents in this respect had been lost through tumults that had happened in the world until AD 313. It is written in the second volume of the interpretation of the Bible by Hearn on the 65th page of the first volume of the historian Mosheim's interpretation Footnote, Johann Lorenz von Mosheim, a German Lutheran church historian, born in Lübeck, 1693, died in Göttingen in 1755, best known for his work, Kades Bible History. Printed in 1913-1332, and in the 124th page of the fifth volume of the explanation of the Bible by Lardis, that the Gospels underwent various interpolations. Jerome says, Footnote, St. Jerome, priest and church historian, born in Stridon in 347, died in Palestine 420, best known for his Latin translation of the Bible called Vulgate. As I translated the Bible, I saw that different copies contradicted one another. Adam Clark says in the first volume of his interpretation, Footnote, Adam Clark, British church historian, 1760 to 1832, best known for his commentary on the Bible. The Bible underwent various interpolations during its translation into Latin. Contradictory additions were made. Ward, footnote, William George Ward, Roman Catholic church historian, died 1882, says on the 18th page of his interpretation printed in 1841, Oriental heretics changed many parts of the Bible. Protestant priests submitted a report to King James I and said, The Psalms in our book of prayers are unlike the ones that are in Hebrew. There are almost 200 changes. 
On the other hand, Protestant priests have made even more changes. Numerous examples of these changes are given in the book Ishar ul Haq. Interpolations in various editions of the Gospels are exemplified also in the book Al Fasilu Bain al Haq al Batil by Izadin Muhammadi and Tufat ul Arib by Abdullah Tejiman. All priests know that Isa salam, did not write anything. Neither did he leave behind any written documents, nor have anyone write anything. He did not teach his religion in written form. After his ascension to heaven, disagreements began among the Nazarenes. They could not come together to consolidate their religious knowledge. As a result, more than 50 Gospels were written. Four of them were chosen. Eight or twelve years after Isa, alayhi salam, the Gospel of Matthew was written in the Syrian language in Palestine. The original copy of this Gospel does not exist today. There is a book said to be its Greek version. The Gospel of Mark was written in Rome thirty years after him. The Gospel of Luke was written in Greek in Alexandria twenty-eight years after him. Thirty-eight years after him, the Gospel of John was written in Ephesus. All these Gospels contain narrations, stories and events that happened after Isa, alayhi salam. Luke and Mark are not among the Apostles. They wrote what they had heard from others. Authors of these Gospels did not call their books Injil, Bible. They said that their books were history books. Those who called them the Bible were those who translated them afterwards. This book, called Zebd, was written in 1923-1341 by Syed Abul Qadir Iskandarani as a response to the book Akawil Ukaraniya, written in Arabic and printed by a Protestant priest in Egypt. In 1990, Hakikat publishers reproduced this book together with the books As Sirat Il Mustakim and Kulasa Tul Kalam. The Turkish book Isa ul Meram says the original Injil was in the Hebrew language and was destroyed by the Jews when they arrested Isa, alayhi salam, for the purpose of crucifying him. Not even a single copy of the original holy book was written during the three years, the period of Isa's, alayhi salam, call. Christians deny the original Injil. The four Gospels which they call the Bible do not contain any system of worship. All they contain are the discussions between Isa, alayhi salam, and the Jews. However, a religious book must teach forms of worship. If they should claim to have been doing their worship in accordance with the Torah, then why do they ignore its very important commandments such as observing the Sabbath on Saturday, circumcision, and abstention from eating pork? Their Gospels do not contain any information telling that these commandments should be disregarded. On the other hand, Quran al-Karim covers detailed knowledge pertaining to all sorts of worships, ethics, law, trade, agriculture and science, and encourages these branches. It prescribes solutions for all sorts of physical and spiritual problems. For 1400 years, no poet, no man of literature, no obdurate unbeliever has been able to express a statement similar to any one ayat of Quran al-Karim, try as they would. 
that not a single one of its ayats could be said in its exactitude, despite the fact that the vocabulary used in it consists of commonly used words, shows clearly that it is a mujiza, miracle worked by Allah Ta'ala through a prophet. The other mujizas of Muhammad Allah Salam are past events. They exist only in name today. As for Quran al-Karim, it shines as brightly as the sun always and everywhere. It is a medicine for every illness, a remedy for every disease. Allahu Ta'ala has bestowed it on his Habib Akram, blessed beloved one, and revealed it to him so that all his human creatures would be happy. With his infinite kindness and compassion, he has protected it against changes and interpolations. He did not make this promise concerning other heavenly books. The shariats of all prophets, having been suited by Allah Ta'ala to the requirements of the times they lived in, were naturally different from one another. Tenets of belief, however, were identical in all of them. They all taught that Allah Ta'ala is one, and that there will be a resurrection after death. It is stated in the 39th verse of Deuteronomy, The Lord, He is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Deuteronomy 4-19 And in the sixth chapter, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6-4 In Second Chronicles, Suleiman, Solomon, alayhi salam, is quoted as having said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in the heaven nor in the earth. 2 Chronicles 6-14 Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this house which I have built. 2 Chronicles 6-18 After building the Bayt al-Makadas, Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. It is written in the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel, the Prophet Samuel, alayhi salam, said, the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Samuel 15-29 It is stated as follows in the 45th chapter of the book attributed to Prophet Isaiah, alayhi salam, I am the Lord and there is none else. Isaiah 45-5 I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. Isaiah 45.7 It is written in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, And behold, one came and said to him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Matthew 19, verses 16, 17. It is stated as follows in the twelfth chapter of Mark, And one of the scribes came and asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mark 12, verses 28, 29, 
30. Muhammad stated so too. A person who contradicts disbelieves Muhammad will have disbelieved all the prophets. Belief in Trinity, existence of three gods, means to deny all the prophets. The doctrine of the Trinity appeared long after Isa's ascension to heaven. Formerly, all the Nazarites held the belief of Tawid, unity of Allah and observed most of the principles in the Torah. When a number of idolaters and Greek philosophers joined the Nazarites, they mixed their former belief, the Trinity, with the Nazarene religion. It is written in a French book which was translated into Arabic and given the title Qurat Nufus, the person who interpolated the doctrine of the Trinity into the Nazarene religion first was a priest named Seblius in the year 200 of the Christian era. But this first interpolation caused much bloodshed. At that time, many scholars defended the belief of unity and said that Isa, Allah salam, was a human being and a prophet. It was sometime around the year 300 when Arius of Alexandria proclaimed the belief of unity announced that the doctrine of the Trinity was wrong and void. In the first Nicene Council, convened by Constantine the Great in 325, belief in the unity was rejected and Arius was excommunicated. They themselves do not know what they mean by the name Holy Ghost or Spirit, which they suppose to be the third god of the Trinity. They say that it was the Holy Ghost through which Isa, alayhi salam, came into being in the womb of his mother, Mary. Islam teaches that the Rul Quds, the Holy Spirit, is the archangel named Jabrail, Gabriel, alayhi salam. Footnote The Turkish book Isal ul Meram was written by Abdullah Abdi bin Destan Mustafa of Manastir, Ramatul Alhi Ali. He passed away in 1885-1303. The book was printed in the print house that belonged to Yahya Effendi, the sheikh of Mustafa Pasha Madrasa immediately outside Edine Kapı, Istanbul. Sami Frasheri wrote in 1898-1316 edition of Kamasul Alam, the Islamic prophet is Muhammad, alayhi salam. His father is Abdullah and his grandfather is Abdul Muttalib bin Hisham bin Abdimenaf bin Kuse bin Kilab. According to historians, he was born in Mecca towards a Monday morning, which coincided with the twelfth day of Rabi'ul Awal month, the 20th of April in 571 AD. His mother is Amina, the daughter of Wahab, and his grandfather is Abdimenaf bin Zurha bin Kilab. Kilab is Abdullah's great-grandfather. Abdullah passed away at a place called Dar-un-Nabika in the vicinity of Medina on his way back from a commercial expedition to Damascus. He was 25 years old. He did not see his son. He, Muhammad, alayhi salam, stayed with his wetness, Halima, among her tribe for five years. This tribe, which was called Beni Said, were the most eloquent people of Arabia. For this reason, Muhammad spoke very eloquently. When he was six years old, Amina, his blessed mother, took him to his maternal uncles in Medina and passed away there. His nurse, Umm Iyman, took him to Mecca and delivered him to Abdul Muttalib, his blessed paternal grandfather. 
He was eight years old when Abdul Muttalib passed away and he began to stay in the home of his paternal uncle, Abu Talib. When he was 12 years old, he joined Abu Talib on a commercial journey to Damascus. When he was 17 years old, his paternal uncle, Zubair, took him to Yemen. When he was 25 years old, he went to Damascus as the leader of Hajida's Radi Allahu Hanha caravan on a commercial expedition. He became famous for his excellent manners, beautiful moral character and industrious habits. Two months later, he married Hadija. When he was 40 years old, the angel named Jabriel, Gabriel, Allah salam, visited him and he was informed of his prophethood. Hadija was his first believer. She was followed by Abu Bekr and Ali, who was a child yet, Ben Zaid bin Harissa. When he was 43 years old, he was ordered to invite everybody to Islam. Heathens persecuted him severely. He was 53 years old when he migrated to Medina, Munawara. He arrived in the Kuba village of Medina on Monday the 8th of Rabi'ul Awal, which coincided with the 20th day of September in the 622nd year of the Christian era. It was during the caliphates of Hazrat Umar when this year, that is AD 622, was accepted as the beginning of the Muslim era and the first day of the month of Muharram as the first day, New Year's Day, of the Hijri Kameri, lunar year. It was the 16th day of Friday in the month of July, and the 20th day of September was accepted as the first day of the Hijri Shemsi, solar year. The 623rd New Year's Day of the Christian era took place during the first Hijri solar and lunar years. When the first commandment to perform Gaza, holy war and jihad against the unbelievers was given by Allahu Ta'ala, the Gaza of Bedr was made in the second year of the Hijrat. Of the 950 strong army of unbelievers, 50 were killed and 44 were taken as captives. In the third year, the Gaza of Uhud was made. The number of unbelievers was 3,000, whereas Muslims numbered 700. 75 sahibis were martyred. In the fourth year, the Gaza of Hendek, Trench, and in the fifth year, the Gaza of Beni Mustalak were made. It was during this same year when women were commanded to cover themselves. The pledge of peace called Bayad al-Ridwan at Hudabiyah was made in the sixth year. In the seventh year, the Gaza of Haibar was made, and Kaiser and the Khosros were sent letters of invitation to Islam. In the eighth year, the Gaza of Muta was conducted against the Byzantine army under Heraclius' command. Mecca was conquered, and the Gaza of Hunayn was accomplished. In the ninth year, an expedition for the Gaza of Tabuk was made. In the tenth year, the Hajj of Weather farewell was made. In the eleventh year, after suffering fever for thirteen days, the Blessed Prophet, Allah Salam, passed away in the room adjacent to his masjid on Monday the 12th of Rabiul Awal when he was 63 years old. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was always affable and soft-spoken. There was a nur, radiant light, shining on his blessed face. Those who saw him would fall in love with him. His mildness, patience, beautiful moral habits are written in thousands of books. 
He had four sons and four daughters from Hadijah, Adi Allahu Anha, and he had one son from Maria of Egypt. All his children, except Fatima, passed away while he was alive. This is the end of our citation from Kamas ul Alam. Imam al Ghazali wrote in his book Kima is Sadat, Alchemy of Happiness. Allah Ta'ala sent prophets to his human creatures. Through these great people, he informed his human creatures about ways guiding to happiness and those leading to disasters. The highest, the most superior, and the last of the prophets is Muhammad. He is the prophet for all people, for all nations. All people all over the world have to believe in that exalted prophet. A person who believes in him and adapts himself to him will attain blessings in the world and in the hereafter. He who does not believe in him, on the other hand, will be subjected to everlasting torment in the hereafter.